Hey, thank you so much for joining me here on Conversations with Paul Nielsen. This is Paul. I'm the host, producer, and all that good stuff. But uh, thanks so much for joining me. It is uh, a fantastic day here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, (laughs) I hope wherever you are, you are doing well. You know, I hope things are are, are good. Uh, I know we've been in this whole quarantine thing for, you know, several, several months now. And uh, I know that can kind of take a little bit of a toll on our mental stability and mental health and and, and things. So I, I really hope that you're doing well and taking care of yourself and, and making sure that uh, you're good. You know, get out, take a walk, do those things that are uh, good for you mentally and and keeping yourself uh, mentally healthy and and so forth Uh, you know connect with people uh, whether that's you know in person uh, you know socially distancing obviously or you know in not online or or what have you definitely try to connect with those people that you you need to connect with uh, to keep yourself you know mentally good it's tough We're, we're definitely creatures of you know, social creatures that we need to have that interaction with people. Uh, hopefully everybody's doing well. Uh, if not, then let's, uh, let's kind of act up. I mean, I, I, I want to make sure you're doing good. Uh, wow. So it, it which kind of brings me to what I really kind of wanted to talk about um, today. I had watched a, a, I would call it a documentary on, on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And it's really about how all these uh, big tech companies like Facebook, Google, those type of places have created these algorithms that really learn your habits and really learn um, who you are and what you like and 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 those type of things um, really to kind of monetize you, really. And that way they can sell advertising and sell things to these companies that will market to you and be very specific as far as what and how they market to you. It's pretty fascinating, you know, to to see exactly what these tech companies are are doing. Now, I don't know that they maliciously went out there and started doing these things as as like a malicious way of doing it. I think they just were trying to streamline things better to suggest things to you that you may be interested in. I think there's been a lot of good things that have come out out of this uh, social networking things, and we've got so much access to so much information, so much good information. You know, we know what's going on all around the world as it's happening, which has never really happened before. I mean, 20 years ago, um, this was not even possible. We had to wait to get, you know, updates and news stories, either through the radio or through television or or newspapers or or those type of traditional things where it is um, like a one to a mass television. It's one producer going out to the masses print like newspapers magazines those books it's one person to the masses um radio the same thing one person to the masses where we really didn't have the the ability to go ahead and be involved with that you know what the internet's really done is it's given us the ability to be that producer of content without the internet i would not have this content out there for you to listen to Without the internet, I would not be able to do this. 
and be able to reach the people that I reach, reach people that I've never met before. And it's pretty fascinating that I'm able to do things like this. It is one of those things where we are now the producers of content and the consumers of content on this place, on this earth. And it doesn't matter where you're at. You know, there, there's a, an earthquake happening in China. We know right now, right away, that that's happening. We don't have to wait for, you know, the, uh, any type of press release from, from China that this happened or, you know, some sort of seismic activity that comes on, you know, minutes or hours later here in the United States showing that that actually happened. You know, we, we've got instant results where people are, are sharing stories or sharing, you know, news or sharing the devastation. They're sharing the, the happiness things that, that are happening. You know, the, the, the internet has, has been able to help us find, you know, long lost relatives. I know people that have been adopted have found their, their birth parents and, and other siblings because of things like Facebook and Twitter and things. I know I've, I used to take the, the train down to work and to school and sitting on the train platform, sometimes it'd be late as, as trains happen to be sometimes. And instead of just kind of wondering when this train's going to get here, I'd pull up my phone, get on Twitter and... You know, tweet at uh, the UTA, the Utah Transit Authority, and say, hey, I, I'm at this station. Um, the train's supposed to be here. It's like 10 minutes ago. Is it running late, or, or what, what is the time frame that the, you're expecting it? And I kid you not, within two minutes, I'd get a response back from the UTA saying, yeah, it's running 15 minutes behind. It should be there within 10 minutes. And it was there in within 10 minutes. Whereas before we would have to kind of guess whether or not we're going to wait for this train or we're going to walk back to our car and drive wherever we need to go to. You know, there was, it's much better that we have this direct communication and it's changed, it's changed our lives. You know, it's changed things. Even with some of those recent uh, events, I mean, I don't know that uh, we know what's going on in other cities across the country because of the social media, because everybody's got a camera, everybody's got a phone, um, everybody's got a, uh, uh, they can take video and, and still pictures, and they can send it out to the world to see, to say, hey, look what's happening here in Minneapolis. Let's look, look, look what happened is happening in, in Atlanta and in New York and Los Angeles and Denver and Salt Lake and, you know, Phoenix and, and Anchorage and even in Quebec or, or, you know, all over the world. It is fascinating. And in those aspects, we've got some pretty pretty cool things that we can learn and some pretty cool uh, connections we can make. And we're making connections with people that we've never even met in person. And we're learning from them. You know, not only are we uh, learning, and it's just not even on just on Facebook, but I mean, we can go to YouTube and we can find so many cool things there. You know, we, we've got so many different tutorials on how to do something. I mean, if you want to go and find and see how f fruit and food rots, I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there for it. If you want to learn how to fix your car, I'm sure there is a, a YouTube video out there to tell you how to fix your Yugo. If there is anything that you want to learn how to do, you can learn how to do that. It is amazing that we have that kind of resource out there and that we're learning these things from experts experts 
you know, people that do this for a living. And it's amazing. If you want to, you know, take uh, and listen to a motivational speaker, jump on YouTube. You're going to find one. You want to share and hear ideas. You know, you've got these, these amazing people on YouTube. I mean, Ted, the TED Talks amazing. If we didn't have TED Talks online, we'd have to book these, uh, we'd have to go and buy tickets and go to the actual TED Talks across the country. But now we're able to just get access to this information right there online. We're able to read books. We're able to take everything that we want. We can have the category of any music that we want at any point, any song, any album, anything, any artist at our fingertips because it's all stored online now. It is amazing to see how this has evolved to where it's at. Along with that, I mean, there is, I mean, there's some negatives here too. You know, I mean, it is such a, a tough thing to navigate. And, and I find that the negatives are really with the kids at this point. The, the, you know, the kids that are, you know, uh, what, 12 to, to 18, 12 to 25. You know, though, the, and I'm not saying that like somebody that's from that's 25 as a kid, but I mean, I'm 45 years old. They're 20 years younger than me. My point is, is that there are certain aspects of this that that are negative as well. I mean, there definitely is. I mean, there. Let's just take uh, when 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 I was younger and people of my generation were younger and we were going to school and we got bullied or we got teased. Once we left school, it usually ended for the day. You know, there was a, a little bit of reprieve there. Nowadays, I mean, people are jumping online and continuing to do that to these poor kids. There, it is relentless. I have seen messages that have gone back and forth from kids at, in a, in, at a junior high. And the, the messages that are being spewed are horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Hurtful. And I'm embarrassed for these kids and I don't even know them. You know, these kids are espousing things that nobody should be talking about. I mean, not shouldn't be talking about, but that uh, it's just pure evil, pure evil shit. I mean, racist, homophobic, evil shit. And they're like 13, 14 years old. And I understand that they don't really understand the full gravity of what they're saying, but that's out there now. And that, is, that may come back and bite them in the butt years down the road because of the stupidity that they had when they were 13, 14 years old. Now, there may also be an understanding at that point, you know, that, uh, yeah, we, we all do stupid things when we're kids. I did stupid things. I'm sure you did stupid things when you're 13, 14. Unfortunately or fortunately, there's not really a written, you know, record of that. And there's not any video evidence of me doing stupid things. But we all do dumb things. You know, it is just stupid that these kids are, are continuing to do this bullying. The cyberbullying is what they call it now. Um, even after school, I mean, these poor kids that are, that, are, that are victim to this, there's no escape for it. There's no reprieve. There's nowhere that they can go to feel better. At least when, again, when we were kids or when I was a kid, you have your group of friends and you're away from school and you're away from those people and you, you go and do what you need to do to, to kind of feel better. You know, whether that's go home and read or that go, that, that you go home and, and uh, play or ride your bike or, you know, uh, play video games or, or whatever it may be. 
And in those days, video games weren't online. I mean, online was not a thing. So you, you had an escape. And unfortunately, these, these kids today, they, they don't have that escape. They're tied to their phones. They're tied to their, their smartphones where that notification comes up and we're just drawn to see what that notification is. It's really like a drug where it releases that, that endorphins in your brain anytime you see that, that notification that pops up. I know I catch myself doing it. I'm here working away during the day, and I hear my phone ding, and I got to look over at it to see what it is. I, I, it's not even, it's just a thing that I do. It's not even something that I even think about anymore. I hear the ding. Oh, what was that? Let me take a look. Is it important? And it never is. You know, it's a message that can wait for a couple hours. But, you know, I pick up my phone and I, and I respond back. It's ridiculous. There's nothing really short of my kids being injured that important where I've got to pick up my phone and, uh, and respond right, right away. You know, and, and usually it's just something silly that somebody sent me. But I, I feel like I've got to respond back. It is something that we are tied to. You know, it, these... It, and that, that's wrong. I mean, there is so many different things that uh, that we're that we're looking at. I, the, I mean, the Royal Society of Public Health in the UK. I mean, they asked fourteen to twenty-four year olds uh, in the UK how social media has impacted their their health and well-being, and the the study showed an increase of depression, anxiety, and uh, poor body image and loneliness within that group, the, the 14 to 24 year old group. I mean, it is, I, I get it. It is, it is incredible. You know, the, the suicide rate of especially young girls has, I believe doubled, you know, over, um, what from between 2008 to 2015, you know, there was a study that, uh, the, the, the showed the rates of which kids and teens arrived in hospitals due to suicidal thoughts or, or attempts uh, of suicide. And they, they found that it doubled between 2008 and 2015. And, and, and that's a huge thing. And, and it was mostly with uh, adolescent girls. And if you think about it, social media really started happening and becoming a mobile thing around 2009 when it really was put on mobile phones. There's so many, um, you know, imagery that we get on our mobile phones. I mean, back, back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I mean, you know, when, when I was younger, when I was a kid, the, the only time that you really had, you know, this imagery of these, uh, that girls would see that are these women that are just perfect were on magazines. They were in billboards and movies and TV. I mean, these, these women that were on these magazines, they were like the untouchables, you know, for, so to speak. You know, the, those were the special people, you know, the elites, whatever. But now with like Instagram and they're doing all these different angles to, to make them look good and you, you push a button and you've got a filter that makes you look photoshopped. Now it's just not these elites, but it's the person next door. It's everybody at the school. It's everybody. And those feelings of inadequacy has got to has got to be intensified because it's just not these people that you'll never meet, but it's the girl that you sit in class with that looks like that. It's, it's the, 
It's the everyday person. And what does that do, you know, for, for not only girls, but boys? You know, we're, we're trained that, you know, as young girls, they see all these things, but young boys are also seeing these things. And those are the, the, the women that are desirable. Not the ones that have that you have a, an emotional connection with that you get along with that you are uh, that you you've got that connection emotionally and and uh, um, and uh, intellectually with, but it's the the girl that looks pretty, and now this is just intensified with all these Insta, Instagram models and these Facebook posts where everybody looks perfect. You know, how many of how many of us take three or four selfies of ourselves and then agonize on which one to actually post? I mean, I don't, but I'm not into the selfies. I always feel awkward when I have to take a picture of myself. Um, And I think it really comes down to women where they just scrutinize themselves. And it's a sad thing because it's it's not. I mean, this type of Instagram type of um, environment that we've developed is absolutely taking a toll on our body image and in our anxiety. And it's going to lead to depression and, and loneliness. And it absolutely is. So, I mean, what is it that we can, what is it that we're doing about this? I mean, there's short of not actually having these things. I think it really just comes down to, to education. I know my, my, my little girl, Lexi, she was kind of feeling you know, a little disconnected. I mean, she's got all these people on, on, you know, not a lot of people. I mean, I, I monitor my kids' social media. I'm, I'm friends with them on every mode, even Snapchat. And I'm, I don't even do Snapchat. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But their Instagram feeds, their Facebook page, which they say it's for old people, so they don't get on it. Um, but they've got all these virtual friends. And that virtual friend time doesn't have the same therapeutic effect as time with real friends out in the real world. It, it, it seems as though, I mean, the more friends that you have online doesn't mean that you are more social or more popular. It just means that you have been able to select these people and they've accepted your friend request. You know, I, I try not to even accept or, or send out things to, to people I don't even know. In order for me to send a friend request out to somebody, I've got to know who they are. I've got to uh, have met them at some point. You know, uh, and then there's a couple people that I've, I've just kind of got a friend request and it's something that, I, that I've accepted because it's something that I can go ahead and possibly market with. Uh, with a podcast and things like that. But uh, those type of situations are a little different than just going out and getting friends just for the pure number of friends. You know, so it's, it's definitely a hard thing. Now, now Lexi, she was having a really hard time um, knowing or, or feeling anxious about making these friends because all she's really, you know, growing up, I mean, it's always these online relationships. And I mean, what, what I had to really kind of tell her to do is you've got to get over this anxiety of, and, and being uncomfortable. And that's really what it was for her is she was uncomfortable talking with people online, talking with people in person online. It's fine. We can hide behind a screen and a, and a, and a keyboard and feel anonymous. But I mean, I had to make sure that she was aware that you got to do things that are uncomfortable for you. 
you know, go and talk to somebody in your class. Talk about, you know, the, the math test. Ask how they did. You know, things along those lines. It, it is something that is so important that these kids learn how to um, communicate and learn how to have these real relationships. You know, it is, it is incredible that uh, so many of these things are, are not happening. And, you know, I, I fear kind of what, what these people are doing, you know, and, and how, how, how these relationships are being built. Because if you've just got a, a relationship that's built online and, and you've got this relationship romantically or friendship or whatever, it is one of those things where you're anonymous until you actually meet them. And I know that, you know, it is when I was a kid, I mean, if you were dating somebody or you were, you know, interested in somebody, you actually had to go up and, and, and speak with them, ask them out on a date in person. And that's a scary thing for, for a teenage kid. And when, when you've lost that interest, then you actually had to go and either call them up on the phone in front of your family or wait until you saw them and, and do it in person, developing those relationships. I think um, they're, they're not developing these, these social cues. They're not understanding when you're doing everything online, you lose so much contact with body language and, and inflection and voice. And when we don't do it in person, we're losing that. And I'm not saying that they're going to be socially inept, but I'm just saying that it's going to be harder for, for people to continue to, to, to have those type of relationships because, you know, we're not used to it and it's uncomfortable. You know, that it's really emotionally depleting when we, we don't have that because it's constant, constant online, constant, um, you know, in, uh, interaction. You know, notification, 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 got to check, got to respond back. We've got to go ahead and make sure our followers know. This is like socially or emotionally depleting for, for people, it, which also is kind of driving why that depression and anxiety is happening, I bet. Part of it is that, you know, everything on, on Facebook anymore is it's really on the opposite ends of the spectrum. You either have all this really radical, horrible, sad things that people are getting angry and anxious about, and we got to do something and rise above it, and people are angry. That's one aspect of it. Or it's kitten videos where it makes you feel good. Two, either the really low or the really high. There's not a whole lot of middle ground there. And that is just emotionally depleting when you, when you have to deal with things like that. So really, I mean, what do we, how do we kind of just, I mean, with that emotional depleting, how do we get kind of away from that? And I think it's, it's a good idea to just kind of take a break from this social media and take a break from, you know, all the things that are going on there. But it, you know, sometimes that, I mean, especially in kids, it, it brings up what's called the fear of missing out syndrome. I mean, it's just, I've got to know. I'm, what if I miss something out online that everybody else is going to talk about? And that's a valid, you know, fear. But we've got to understand that sometimes developing relationships in person is much better than developing things online. Now, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have those. But we have to be careful 
of how much we're actually investing in that, how much we're investing into these online relationships versus personal relationships. We're actually going out and meeting with people and developing those interpersonal connections for real. It's a hard thing to kind of, you know, do sometimes, especially now with the whole COVID thing. You know, I, I'm fortunate that I've got a small group of friends that every week we go out and, and do a, a game night. Every Monday, every Monday night, we do that. And it is something that we all really kind of look forward to throughout the week because it is a time for all of us to kind of get together and have that connection with, with each other and real people, you know, and, and we keep in contact, you know, throughout the week through like the Facebook messenger, we got a group there and it's, it's great. You know, it's hilarious. We, there's jokes that go back and forth. We, we set up things, we plan things there. I mean, everything happens there. And then on Monday, there we are, we get to be together and it's amazing. And that is something that I think has really helped at least me to kind of get through this whole, you know, COVID thing. I mean, it's been, I don't know, since March, it's now October since this whole quarantine thing's happening. And it's been, it's been tough. And we've been heavily um, relying on our our connections online to do that. But I I think the overall long term of that is not going to be a healthy thing. We've got to find outlets to to, to develop those relationships and have people in our lives. Again, we are social creatures, even us introverts. And I'm an introvert. I still crave having people around me that, that I trust and love. And fortunately, I've got this small group that I'm able to to do that with. It is so, so tough sometimes to, to kind of do that. You know, we've got to make sure that we're monitoring our own social networking and, and media uh, on these phones and, and online. We've got to make sure that we're monitoring and making sure that our kids are being safe and not being overwhelmed with it. You know, if time maybe there's time that we stick our, our our devices off to the side and we spend an hour a day just talking to each other i don't know what um what that looks like for you but you know there's got to be time where there's connection you know where we're talking and we're getting together it it's it can be definitely a tough thing you know there's some great things that come out of the social media and, and online you know great things that we can learn and and it's opened up so many opportunities for us to to learn to go to school to get degrees to to educate ourselves on things and there's some great things like that where people have been able to find long lost friends and you know find you know family members that they haven't seen in forever there but there's all those negative aspects as well for it and we've got to make sure that we are aware of those things so we can take care of ourselves mentally. So please, you know, be careful with it. Enjoy it, but be careful of it. If you start feeling overwhelmed, let's, let's shut it off for a little bit. You know, until then, thanks for listening. Be kind, be well.